This is episode six with creative entrepreneur George Siosi. You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by the people who matter to you. If you want to make awesome connections, build strong relationships, and get what you want in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the show. This is episode six of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you to all the lovely people who have left iTunes reviews. I'm just going to read a couple out. Raya says, love this podcast, very informative, check it out. Maria Dell says, this podcast is so informative and perfect for my business. I felt like hitting the streets as I had so much confidence after listening to it. Maria Dell is taking it to the streets. I love that. Keep those reviews coming. It helps the podcast reach more people in iTunes, which is just awesome. If you want to leave a review, head to thecmethod.com slash iTunes. There's a simple tutorial there on how to leave a review, so it make, it'll make it easy for you if you've never done it before. Now, as you can hear, I'm a little bit under the weather, so I'm sorry you have to listen to me battling my sinuses. I won't be talking for much longer, I promise. Now, this week, I am very excited to be chatting with George Siosi, who is a Melbourne-based creative entrepreneur, consultant, and cultural animator. He's passionate about sharing the stories and culture of his maternal homeland, the Pacific Island, Tuvalu, and he does this through his beautiful animations. I reached out to George because I love how creative he is, yet he's also super smart when it comes to business. I actually reached out to him via a DIY animation video, which you can watch in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash George. For the interview, we met at the co-working space Hub Melbourne. We're in a meeting room, which is why it's a little bit echoey, and we talk about the importance of storytelling, flow, and how he's helping business people be more creative and creatives be better at business. I hope you enjoy this episode with George Siosi. What I want to talk about, what I'd love to learn more from you about is more about your work with other people, especially working with creatives and non-creatives, because I know that you work with creative people, but you also work with entrepreneurs. What difference, well, what's the main difference you find between working with creative people Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs who don't necessarily have that creative background? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Yeah, what I've noticed is that, um, yeah, I guess a lot of entrepreneurs don't necessarily um, consider themselves creative. Um, yet from having interacted with so many of them here at Hub Melbourne, uh, they, they are creative. It's just not in what most people consider to be creative. Um, and then with the creators themselves, a lot of them don't consider themselves entrepreneurial, um, only because they just haven't included, um, how to make money, the how to make money factor. Yet a lot of the skills from both, um, I have found to be quite complementary. Um, so, I'd probably say the main difference between the creative and the entrepreneur is just um, an ignorance to how their own skills can be applied anywhere. Right. And, and which 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 group of people do you sort of prefer working with? Like, which which of the challenges do you enjoy the most? Um, 
<laughs> I guess it's like different um, different stages of of creatives and different stages of entrepreneurs. I'd probably say like with entrepreneurs, I like working a lot with uh, those who are uh, with the entrepreneurs, those who are uh, at the startup phase, um, and usually it's quite chaotic, and you know maybe they they just need some guide, guidance in, into the right direction. Um, with the creatives, probably I like the ones who are. Um, at a stage where, yeah, they are looking to make a career move, and they are also just hungry for knowledge. Um, probably, yeah, probably those, those two. So um, the creators who are like, so they're working for someone already, and they want to mm-hmm. take the leap into working for themselves. Yes, yes. Because um, I mean, I get a bit, I get a bit of both. Um, but in terms of yeah, working with them, I would say yes mm. to, to that. So what you're doing is like. You're, you're doing sort of business coaching for creatives mm-hmm. and then creative coaching for I guess entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, I, that, guess, yeah. I guess you could say that because um, I guess like yourself, I, I started out as um, I did multimedia systems at RMIT. So I have a background in coding, but then I was really passionate about storytelling and animation. And then um, I did my master's in that. But when I went into, when I got a job at a studio, um, there was a corporate culture there. And um, it was a it was a culture that I didn't particularly find conducive to, you know, I guess unleashing your creative skills. Um, and I thought, hey, I could do something on my own. And that's when when I took the leap of faith. I just um, used what I knew um, in the creative area, and just went out to where all the entrepreneurs were. And that was a leap of faith. Where was that? That was actually um, there's a group called the Key Person of Influence. Okay. Yep. So that group, um, I had heard about this event. I went to the event and there was nobody there who was an, ad- an animator. So I stood out instantly because it was just, I, you know, I was using my creative skills and telling them, hey, I could actually use my animation to, you know, tell your business story in like 60 seconds or less. And then that kind of just took off. So I leveraged that and yeah, away I went. So did you learn your, did you already have entrepreneurial skills and business skills mm-hmm. before you met up with those people or did you learn them after? Like hang, by through hanging out with them. Yeah, um, probably by hanging out with them. So you know, obviously, if you've never been exposed to the world of entrepreneurs, like you don't know whether you have those skills or not. Right? But storytelling seems to have been the common thread um, from animation, the animation world, and then into um, entrepreneurship as well. Mm. Um, whether you're telling your own personal story or you're telling a company story, brand story. Yeah, because a lot of se- a lot of selling your own selling your stuff and selling your brand is telling the story, isn't it? That's so, so powerful. And, and this is what I learned because um, I was, uh, during university, I started um, fleshing out the concept of culture animation, which is essentially yeah, animation um, specifically on, on cultures. So uh, it was, I was really drawn to indigenous cultures, my own maternal homeland. And uh, I started going out and just promoting my work to anyone who would take it. You know, that was, I was able to get into, um, you know, Fed Square, have it screened there. Um, and I started promoting it at like local community um, dues. And um, that, I guess, was part of the formation of like hustle. And um, that just led instantly into the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. So when it came to like selling and that sort of stuff, I just, you know, pe- uh, the entrepreneurs were telling me like how to convert that into money. And I just started experimenting. And so like, when did you start pitching to corporates, mm-hmm. like your explainer videos and stuff? Yep. When did you, when did you start pitching that to them to say, hey, you really need to be able to tell your story in 60 seconds. I can mm-hmm. do it through an awesome video. Mm-hmm. Hire me. So that happened, um, probably about halfway, 
um, after the KPI event, the brand accelerator, um, I joined their program and that was another leap of faith. Um, halfway through, that's when I started learning those skills and uh, refining my pitch. They were teaching me how to refine the pitch. And um, my target market wasn't corporates, it was um, SMEs. And when, yeah, when I was pitching, um, that, that's when I started pitching. Mm. Uh, but the, probably the, the best thing was my work was doing the pitching for me. And that's the beauty of like animation. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so people, you go, like, this is my stuff. Yeah. Here you go. See, I'm, I'm coaching communication skills and stuff and it's very difficult to, it's not very tangible. So you can't really show that. It's more yeah. about you have to actually talk to them mm. and help them straight away right there and then mm. and go, well, if you want more of this, yeah. this is what it is that I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and exactly like the way that, you know, with your video, um, I, I don't need to, uh, talk much about what you do. I just simply put your link up and everybody saw it and was like, this is amazing. They started tagging other people to say, yo, have you seen this? <laughs> right. It actually got quite a lot of views for, for only just a couple of days. Um, <laughs> so for the people listening, um, I actually sent George a video invitation to be a guest on my podcast and cause I That's saw his, awesome. as, <laughs> um, I'm no, I'm not an animator at all. I'm not a drawer, even though I used to be an architect, I don't really have those skills, but I did my best with stick figures and just put some audio to it and yeah. sent it off and he really liked it. So I did, I did. win. <laughs> exactly. And now we're here. And now um, we're here. Um, and with, with, with that video as well, I think the most important thing is cause, because now at the hub, um, I guess as a community manager, I'm always talking to entrepreneurs and there are always people either pitching me for, to talk to someone that I know, or I'm, I'm hearing people trying to, like, they're trying to capture my attention. But very few actually take the time to, like, do a little bit of research about myself, um, or even go to the actual effort of creating a video. So the most important thing was that you told a really good story and you did it in a way that I hadn't ever seen before. Now, if everybody starts doing it, it won't be as unique, but because you're so creative, you know, you, there's more where that came from. Yeah. Um, so your communication skills, um, the, the storytelling is definitely um, one for other people to, to watch and observe and study <laughs> for those listening. <laughs> Actually, you know what got me even more excited? The yeah. fact that I sent you an email and I tweeted you to say, I sent you an email and you wrote mm. back to say, I'm really looking forward to reading your email. Yeah. Like, what? Who looks forward to reading <laughs> an email? And yeah. so to me, that... That was probably more exciting than the actual yes reply. <laughs> I just want to talk more about what you do here at Hub yep. Melbourne. Because mm. when I was, so I spent most of last year overseas and I hung out in a lot of co-work spaces in mm. different countries, but I've never been co-working in Melbourne. Yeah. And I went to the York Butter Factory the other week to catch up with a friend and that was quite cool. Yeah. I haven't actually worked here before. So yeah. you're a community manager. Yeah. So what is that? Yeah, what involved. is that? Yeah, what is that <laughs> um, so essentially, um, I guess I'm responsible for uh, helping to engage the community, um, keep as many people uh, happy as possible, um, and also to just uh, to connect people up and attract folks to Hub. So I'm, I'm the face of the brand for Hub Melbourne. Uh, so my a lot of my time is relationships face to face and building the culture. Um, we talk a lot about culture here um, at Hub. And really, if you look at, I guess, the growing market of co-working spaces, mm. the only real differentiator will be the culture. Because um, spaces, people can create beautiful spaces all the time. Yeah. Um, but the culture is the thing that differentiates us. Yeah. So, and you can't buy those relationships no. and that 
and that mm-hmm. atmosphere. And as a creative too, right? We talk about the intangible a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's really interesting when sometimes we have corporates come from a very different culture, and they they always ask a lot of how questions and detailed questions. So you know, when we talk about culture, they're like, yeah, okay, but how? How do you do it? Um, and I, I can explain as much as I can, but you know, it's an experience. Yeah. So obviously, you gotta walk them through and actually have them feel what it's like. That's what I tell people about Melbourne. When people ask me about my hometown, they say, yeah. "Well, what's there to see?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know." But you have you just come here and experience it. You exactly. just hang out, go to a cafe, walk around, go shopping. I don't know. We yeah. don't have big flashy sights to see, but just experience it. Yeah. That's what it's like. And you must meet yeah. so many amazing people here as, in that so, role. Then, so with so I know that I mean from experience, I know that working in a co work space mm-hmm. is just really awesome, especially if you are working for yourself and you don't have a team, yes. it can get very lonely. Yep. How else does a co-work space help people with their businesses, their ideas, their creativity? So um, we had, I had, I met with a, a VC from York. She's not, she's, I think she was born and raised in Melbourne, but she is living in New York at the time, uh, at the moment. And she was also asking, um, you know, what's the difference between an incubator, accelerator, and a co-working space? Because mm. a lot of people kind of throw all those three together or interchange it. Um, I told her that a co-working space, our main business is co-working. So, it, yes, it's a lot about the space, but also doing a lot of this facilitation bit. So, you know, we could partner with an accelerator or an incubator um, and house them in, in the space. But then, of course, they're responsible for doing all the actual proactive learning and growing programs, etc. So we wouldn't put on um, the programs ourselves, mm. but we would look at partnering people that we feel yeah. are complementary to businesses. So, like, we help create the ecosystem, and with ecosystem comes culture. So, like, I guess we're just architects of, of, of that bit. Um, and for us, we're known for our diverse community, and um, we just keep focusing on that. And um, I guess putting out knowledge about uh, how to build a culture um, that is that works for you, your community and yeah. your target audience. Do you run flow workshops here? Uh, which type of flow workshop? <laughs> yeah, which type of flow Because I read about like? how you help people with flow. Uh, yes. And that's something that I'm fascinated with because yeah. from what I know about flow, it's just being, and correct me if your version of flow is different, yeah, yeah. but from what I understand, it's when you're in the zone and mm-hmm. totally focused and things just flow, I suppose. They just yeah. work. Yep. And you're not distracted by little things. And that's something that you help people yes, with. Yes, yes. So, um, my other hat, us, us creatives, yes, we wear multiple hats, I know. <laughs> and before I thought that was a problem, but I think nowadays, um, it's actually quite common because a lot of people who come in here, you know, when you start talking to them, they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing this and this and this. Yeah, so I think, I think there's a lot more generalists. But back to flow. So, the, the flow training that I do is actually, I'm a certified town dynamics consultant. So, Sorry, ta- what dynamics? Talent dynamics. Talent dynamics. Yeah. So talent dynamics and wealth dynamics are a system that uh, was originally created by a guy named Roger James Hamilton. And um, he, he created this system uh, based on the I Ching um, and many other sort of personality profile tests. Um, now, everybody's familiar with Myers-Briggs and probably various other personality profile tests. But this one was, the, I guess, the one that stood out the most for me in terms of how clear and easy it was to understand and also teach or relay out to other people. Um, when I took the test myself, there was, there was a test involved. Um, I, I took the test, found out what profile I was, but as a result of finding out what my profile was, I was then able to 
um, increase my flow with other people. So how? <laughs> There's a whole bunch of stuff that you get. What's what's flow with other people? Flow with other people. <laughs> so uh, the, the the difference between the flow that Roger James Hamilton talks about and the flow that which is like a performance state is that flow is. Um, I guess he describes it as uh, the ability for you to harmonize with your surroundings. So it's not just about your personal state. It's like how are you working with other people around you as well. So I mean, you can say that that's an effect of being in flow with yourself. Um, but what, when I'm sort of um, informing or helping people figure out what their ideal profile is or natural strengths are, um, that then allows them to be more conscious of how they're working with other people or adapting with other people around. Okay, because they're more they're more aware of themselves and how they yes. work and what they respond to and things yep. like that. Yeah. Okay. So I'll expand a little bit. Obviously, it, it I usually take like at least an hour <laughs> or two uh, to go through it with everybody. Um, but uh, the way that I describe it, which is similar to animals. So if you had a, a bear and you had a fox, um, the bear has a natural way of communicating which most likely the fox will not understand. If you know that you're a bear, it's easier for you to know what to do. If you don't know that you're a bear, then you will be speaking multiple languages, doing multiple different things, and just constantly be... Um, Maybe speaking whale. Exactly, right? So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, no one in the forest understands you, buddy. <laughs> stop it. But it's, that's the analogy I usually give. So they're the fancy profile name for everybody, but I usually like to use animal analogy. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like you find out what your your animal is, and you know this could go back to like Native American culture when they yeah. gave totems. Um, and once you understand that, it gives that person uh, the ability to know what sort of path they can follow for themselves if they choose. So they could still be a bear, but want to be a lion. That's a beautiful beautiful thing about being a human being. Um, but usually, take away everything else, you usually naturally gravitate towards like these natural strengths so um, the flow is like finding out what the natural strengths are um, being aware of them and then being able to make decisions to be able to continue that flow okay what animal are you what animal am i um, are you a wolf yeah <laughs> you <laughs> yes, did your research <laughs> well your little logo is a wolf yep, exactly. which is yeah it's a really great logo yep um, there's there's another story to that, um, but I don't know if I have enough time for that one. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe time. another time. Yeah. That's cool. So what about actually? Okay, so I know like we all communicate in our own ways, mm -hmm. but then what about changing the way that you communicate when you're speaking with other people who are yeah. different animals, yeah. who don't know that they're that animal, right? Yeah. And they'll just be the bear or whatever and just yeah. and growl. But then, if so, if you want to communicate and get your message across to them, you mm. have to become more bear-like mm. yourself. Learn the language. So this is this is why I'm so fascinated, and probably why I became community manager with culture. So when you go to another country, right, you know that you're in another country that they don't speak the language, and it's usually in your best interest to try and like learn the basics. So once you find out what your own animal is, you then look at. Um, I wish I could draw and people could see, but um, you'd then find out, uh, you'd learn more about the basic animal types or profiles yeah. um, that exist. So once once you find out uh, your own language, you can then start to look at the, common, uh, the commonalities of the other animals. And then you can adapt a bit more easily when you're going out to people. So if we use the same animal analogy, got four seasons, usually there are about three animals that gravitate towards the, the four seasons. 
Typically, startups are in the spring uh, season. Okay. Right? You find them why? Because it's like the beginning stage, very chaotic, and that's typical, especially of animal or profiles who are in that area. Then, when you move on, you go summer, autumn, winter. Corporates are typically, I explain, in the winter area. So th- those profiles usually have a language that is more detail oriented, more systems, and more numbers.、Mm. Right? And it's proven to be true. Every time that I've gone to speak to corporates, I go from wolf. And then I'll probably go to what's winter,、um, buffalo or bear, right? And so I'll speak.、Uh, I'll use more details in my communications, and、uh, all that has just come from being more aware of what my strengths are, and then knowing the the seasons in which those animals fall. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's really interesting. I have I've heard of the different personality types, and、yep. those are the different matrices and things, but I haven't、yeah. heard of the animal analogy. So.、Yeah. That's quite cool. Try to keep it simple.、Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So just quickly, we're sort of almost time. Yep. <laughs> just want to talk. Just ask you a little bit about helping people be more creative. So going back to your work with entrepreneurs and other、yeah. people who are not necessarily creative, because this is something that I do as well, and I, I work with podcasters and, and other online business people who say, "Oh, I'm just not very creative." So what's one thing that you do? Person to guess the song gets a thirty-minute Skype consult with me. Nice, smart, you know, so, so just things like that, and people people are tweeting, going, "Oh my god, Christina's playing ukulele in the webinar." <laughs> See, but you're, you're using. I guess you're. Yeah, you're connecting the dots. You're, you're using stuff that other people probably wouldn't think about normally.、Mm. Um, and I think the more the more you do that, it's like practice, and the more it just comes natural. And if you already had that there before, great. Yeah. But for other people, everybody has a creative bone. You know? Oh yeah, they just have to unlock it. Exactly. Because I'm so used to, I suppose, when you go and work for someone else, especially in a、mm-hmm. in a corporate environment, you sort of have that creativity beaten out of you.、Mm-hmm. And I know that even working at an architecture firm, which is meant to be creative,、mm-hmm. a lot of ideas were just kind of like, well,、oh, that has to get approved by the board, and、oh, blah blah、God. blah, and it's like,、mm-hmm. well, that's just going to take forever, and is it even worth suggesting this stuff? So、yeah. I think that tends to get beaten out of people. So I think it. It's well worth exploring that for everyone. So, for sure. oh, George, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much, and for sharing all your knowledge with the listeners. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks again to the very talented George Cioci for taking the time to chat with me and show me around Hub Melbourne. 
If you're an entrepreneur or interested to learn more about co-working, be sure to pop in and visit. If you want to reach out to George and tell him that you enjoyed this interview, simply tweet him at Seasism, S-I-O-S-I-S-M, or connect with him at seasism.com. I'll put all the links in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash George. Now, I'm going to give you a challenge this week, and your challenge is to think about what do people say you did well as a child, or what fun things did you enjoy doing? This is a real clue as to where your true passion and skills lie. Did you enjoy running around in the rain, or dancing like a lunatic, or cooking for your invisible friends? Then I'd like you to think about an activity you could do more of now that's an extension of that thing you used to do as a child. So it could be going on hikes, or taking dance classes, or cooking for real friends. Feeding your creative side by giving yourself permission to do these fun things will keep your right brain nice and activated. Then you can connect the dots, as George said, and start to feed these other activities into your work. You never know what cool ideas you may come up with. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you're enjoying my little rendition of The Sign by Ace of Base. There's a blast from the past. Going to add that to my busking set list for sure. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you spending some time with me this week. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.